Welcome to ADHD is over, a new podcast on a seemingly old label that we're going to be peeling off. Join my wife, Tatiana, and I as we journey with our family, the Wyden family, through the land of confusing information. We're going to visit both sides and let you decide because the power is with you. Welcome to ADHD is over. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. My guest today is known on YouTube as Magic Maya. Maya is a motivational speaker, a YouTuber, and an advocate for humanity. Her mission on planet Earth is to ignite everyone's innate power and worth that has been diluted in a world addicted to social media validation and attention seeking from sources outside of all of us. Maya is dedicated to supporting the masculine collective to rebalance masculinity into health, power, and vitality, and in return, healing femininity that, in her opinion, has been lost. Known as the semen retention queen, Maya's intuitive channels and words of wisdom are a soul-guided mission to bring back sacredness into human beings' sexuality. Maya's intention is to awaken all of us to live in an empowered society instead of feeding on our weaknesses that have been programmed into our societal structure by the patterns and systems of our world. Today, Maya and I will be talking about the destructive nature of such behaviors as validation-seeking, compulsive masturbation, porn, social media, and sexual abuse, but there will be more. Anything that can keep us from being present in the moment will eventually keep us from manifesting what we want in life. It is my pleasure to welcome Maya. Thank you for having me. Nice to see you and to speak with you today. It is my pleasure. And I'm sure our listeners are wondering, what does this topic have to do with ADHD? Well, we'll get there. So hold your horses. But let's start out. I want to ask you a question I ask a lot of my guests, which is to you, Maya, what is ADHD? Mm, yeah, I think I think ADHD is really mislabeled. And I think it's, you know, for the for the sake of labeling an individual that maybe we're not allowing ourselves to further look at for their own humanness and for their own individuality, that is so important in today's day and age. And ADHD has that label of something being wrong. And when we put labels upon people, we're putting our very own label upon our very own perception of this individual. And that perception can be based upon the lens that maybe we look at ourselves through, or maybe, you know, it's coming from a lens of a trigger of maybe this individual who supposedly has ADHD isn't fitting the mold that we necessarily want them to fit. So instead of actually understanding the individual itself, or maybe who they are and what their ADHD is actually allowing us to become aware of upon this individual to further gather how ADHD is not something that is wrong at all. It is truly a gift upon planet Earth right now because it allows a, a person to know exactly what they are here to do and what they are wanting. And with that attention, ADHD, actually, there's a heightened level of attention, but only the attention to the things that they want to give their attention to and not the other way around. Because we live in a society today where we want our children to follow the mold of the past generations to fit this cookie cutter. And a lot of children nowadays, they're, we're up leveling on planet Earth and they're not fitting the molds for very good reasoning. So 
yeah, that was kind of, that's my perception of ADHD because I was labeled as I had ADHD as a kid and I always felt out of place. I always felt like no one was trying to understand me, especially in the school system. And, you know, I barely honestly graduated high school because there was no curricular that actually allowed me to fully gather what I wanted to give my attention to because nothing fit. I didn't fit the mold. And, you know, now with my experience of being out of school and um, further kind of knowing my purpose work now, I realized that I had all the attention in the world. I only wanted to give my attention, though, to things I cared about. Mm, I love that. I love that. I love every single guest who has their own unique uh, explanation or, you know, vision of what ADHD is. And I love yours. And 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 you said that you... Uh, yourself uh, were were said to have ADHD. Maybe if you can just take us back there a little bit. How did that start? Who pointed it out and what ensued after that? You know, it's kind of my family like to say it, it runs in the family, right? The ADHD. My mom has it. My brother has it. My other brother has it. And, you know, within my brothers, at least, they were actually medicated. They were on like certain medications to assist with their focus. And I, and I actually tried it once they gave me it like I wasn't for like really diagnosed, but I did adapt that labeling upon myself because it made sense. My mom had it. My brother had it. Of course, I had it. And within that, it actually is such a limiting thought because we're not actually giving the true our own very own definition to the word ADHD because ADHD has a collective definition to it that someone does not have they have a hard time sitting still. They have a hard time focusing. They're easily irritated. Well, what if this is all for good reason, which usually it is for good reason, because we're trying to make someone into a person they are not, and they're not having it. And then we label them and we try to make them into this person that, that is just, we're just wanting to, you know, and that, you know, like I said, fuel big pharma then. And that's a whole other tangent. But I truly have redefined the word ADHD to one that is serving me here and now in my purpose work and allowing me to actually channel that focus, channel that awareness to the very thing I know I'm here to accomplish. And we must assist people within what they are giving their awareness to, what they are wanting, and then actually allowing them and assisting them into something that they'll feel empowered by. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah. And so um, after, uh, I think it was, we talked about this before, but but around high school or after high school, you sort of went in a direction that I see a lot of uh, girls go nowadays, right? You, mm -hmm. you felt the need to, uh, and I don't want to get into the psychoanalytics of it just yet. Maybe we'll talk about it, but yeah. and you can share maybe why you felt you went into that direction, but it was you were looking to get attention or to make money or to somehow be out in the world and be seen through OnlyFans at the time, right? And I'd love for for you to just kind of describe what that process was going, you know, to enter that. Honestly, all stems back from my high school years, you know, like I, I never got, I think the school system right now is not actually allowing our, our children, our teenagers to feel empowered within their own unique individuality. And with that, without that kind of assistance from the people that we kind of look upon to assist us, we then have to become curious about, okay, well, for me personally, I knew that 
I I knew always I didn't school was not for me. I just knew in my heart of hearts that I'm not here to fit the mold of what they're trying to put me in. And within that, I actually found myself instead of because they wanted me on antidepressants as well, because I was just very not into school and I would get depressed over it. I felt stupid in school. I felt like no one understood me. So that led me into like smoking weed. And then within smoking weed, it allowed me to kind of fall into some some traps upon just numbing myself for the very reasoning to solidify in myself that something's wrong with me. And I have to figure something else out then because I knew I didn't want to do school. So that led me down the path of, oh, influencers, I want to become a, a Instagram model because growing up in high school, we look on Instagram all day and I see all these influencer lifestyles and these girls showing themselves provocatively and look at all their followers, look at all the attention they, they have, look at the cars they drive. And I take accountability for that was actually the direction I saw my future going down. Listen, I have a body. I posted myself half naked online since I was 16 because I was a part of like the fitness industry. I was innocent while I was doing that. But, um, you know, through that, I saw that was an option for me because I'm used to it. Um, I put a lot of my worth through my body because that's what was validated the most, not my mind, because, you know, in school, I felt dumb and people probably viewed me as dumb because I almost failed every class. So that's where I put the majority of my worth through, which makes sense for me in that uh, timeline that I was in to really put my awareness and my focus on OnlyFans. And that was so, so soul draining. And, you know, there's so much I learned from that, that I'd be so happy to share. But with that, it was actually all on purpose, which usually everything is on purpose because it brought me into the the womanhood that I'm embodying every day and that I get to teach like other people and my daughter in the future. So I'm so grateful for it in the higher aspect of what has had to happen. And what would you say was the wake up call? I mean, so you're on OnlyFans, right? You're using your body and your looks to kind of uh, numb out or get validation. And what what was the moment when you and maybe there's a few that led up to it where you were just like, okay, this is not the direction I'm going to go in. It's really interesting because I believe we all have that innate guidance ever since we were children. You know, even when I was in school, I had that guidance of, I know that this isn't for me, but I also know that there's a higher purpose. I always loved like writing. I loved doing poetry. I had a voice that I was scared to fully embrace and fully allow myself to step into. I knew always my voice was correlated to my higher purpose, but I would shame that part of myself because I didn't believe in the person I knew to be because that person that I knew to be was always judged in the school system, in my family. Um, you know, you have to either go to school or you got to figure it out another way. And the only other way I knew was through my body. No one told me like my voice was good enough or whatever. We don't we don't actually empower our, our children within their internal internal world. It's very external and we validate the external, not the internal world upon a human being. And that's where we get kind of out of alignment there. But, um, you know, for me, within the OnlyFans, it it definitely it, it shaped me in a, in a lot of ways it taught me a lot about myself 
Um, and it further allowed me to, to realize that I was seeking validation outside of myself. And when you seek validation outside of yourself, you're never going to have a, a, a full cup. It's always going to, you'll get little kind of dribbles from, from an individual, but in reality, it's your responsibility and it's the greatest gift when you can fully embrace yourself and your humanness, your need for validation, your need to fit in, your human just needs, your human, your humanness. We, we've, in today's society, we've been so disconnected from the sacredness of what it means to be a human. And with the human beings that we are, we're kind of complex. You know, it's not a one size fits all. We have very different complexities to us. We have different traumas. We have different upbringings. And to further understand that and to allow ourselves to grasp the internal internal world within our innate worth, our innate wisdom. And I go back to this all the time, even throughout like, you know, my YouTube channel. What's brought me to where I am today is the connection I've fostered to my higher self, my higher mind that is inside of myself that is has always been directing me onto my highest path. And with that comes a lot of, you know, sometimes you got to go through the, the, the grub of the, of the path. You have to kind of walk through the trenches, but with that, you build character, you build adaptability, you build strength to further prosper you into your future. I kind of went off a little bit on a tangent. Sometimes I can do that. <laughs> no, no, that's okay. I love it. Okay. So, so um, now there's this this kind of uh, uh, stigma, if you will, or this this belief, right, that we say uh, girls who are doing Instagram, uh, uh, you know, OnlyFans, porn, things like that, have daddy issues, right? We've hear, heard that before. What was your uh, uh, situation in your family with your father? Maybe you could share a little bit about that. Mm, I love. I honestly, I I love this question so much when because. A lot of the times, OnlyFans models, they do kind of get labeled as having daddy issues and not having a masculine role model that, you know, obviously would not have guided them to even think of OnlyFans as an option because they would have received that validation from a masculine figure. And a lot of women in today's day and age don't actually have healthy masculine fathers or honestly, in reality, just dysfunctional households in today's day and age because no one has been taught emotional regulation, discernment of who their partner should be. So I actually had my father, I actually don't even, I my father's completely out of my life. Um, you know, I was raised in a lot of dysfunction. I was raised, my dad was like bipolar. He was abusive. I never got like, true masculine support and love in my life which makes sense when i was 16 i my dad left my life when i was like 13 and since then there was always like this kind of void that i could i knew that was in me that was seeking not not feminine attention because you know my mom was although she had her issues as we do she gave me that attention uh you know i had girlfriends but there was this masculine void that was just, I needed, like I wanted filled so bad. And within starting posting my body online at 16, the fitness content, I was really innocent to what was actually going on, but I was being validated. The parts of myself that need validation were being validated by actually older men. Uh, I grew a following of like, you know, 3000 followers when I was 16. And the majority of these followers were uh, middle-aged men. 
And I was kind of oblivious to it. My mom never checked at my social media accounts. You know, I would be getting DMs from guys that are probably in like their mid twenties asking to fly me out. And I was just like, what? This is so weird. But that's the, that's the sad truth upon today's reality. Women are walking around not being taught that they're worthy, that their purpose and power doesn't come from over-sexualizing their body to gain validation because that validation will only provide you short-term fulfillment and a lot more wounding and trauma than you're even uh, consciously aware of maybe right now. It's way easier to actually heal maybe your father wounds instead of allowing that to be the excuse for you to show up on OnlyFans and expose yourself just because you have daddy issues. It's not acceptable. I don't accept that. Um, and that's why I'm so passionate about this because I went down that path and it's, it's heartbreaking because I can see what it will do for those women who fall under that category when they're in their like forties, fifties, maybe with no man, maybe with the same trauma that they started, but it's actually just gotten worse because they've only attracted men to further stimulate that very father wound for them to look into and deal with. Yeah, I love that. Really great. Now I want to jump forward. So on YouTube, you are known as the semen retention queen. And this is where my listeners <laughs> go, wait, what are we talking about? <laughs> well, I just want to make a connection here. First of all, I've been really, um, you know, digging deep and researching into attention, focus, distraction, addiction, and so forth, validation, seeking, mm -hmm. it's all connected, right? Mm -hmm. And so you're here today, because I thought when I was listening to your videos, here's a young woman clearly, that's turned her life around. And you are now committed to not only uh, getting masculinity to become healthy again, right, and femininity as well. And these are just my words, but and you can get into details here in a minute, but the the semen retention really caught caught my attention because if we look at sexual energy um, and giving that away so freely, right? If if a young boy, for example, is into compulsive masturbation, right? There's energy always spilling out, spilling out, spilling out, mm -hmm. spilling out. And I've noticed that we have a lot more depressed and anxious young men. A lot of a lot of young boys are already on porn on social media, mm -hmm. which Instagram to me is half porn, if you will. Mm -hmm. And so I want to talk about how did you get to this sort of niche topic and said, I'm going to talk me as a as a young woman, I'm going to talk to men about semen retention, right? Because mm -hmm. that's a very bold move. <laughs> and I love it. So yeah. So, so talk to me, talk to us about uh, how you got there and what it, what it means for you. You know, the story upon me, like even just further knowing, you know, about semen retention and, and even just aspiring to be in the space of actually from actually, you know, cause I was a part of, like, I like to say, it's kind of like the hidden sex slave industry, which is Instagram models, only fans, you know, even like, TikTok dancing, it's all a part of this over sexualization that is gratifying you within your own need to seek validation that is from an outside source and not an internal source. So for me, I got to a point within my life where I was done. I was so fed up. I was so exhausted of trying to be this person. I knew I was not the whole time I was doing OnlyFans. I knew that this, this was not 
in alignment to me. I didn't want to. It was just I, I, I couldn't face myself. I couldn't face the part of myself that wanted my own love, that wanted my validation. I didn't want to hear her out because by me hearing that part of myself out, I would have had to fully embrace myself in my flaws, my trauma, the parts of myself that never felt good enough. But I really do. I owe it to, I I always owe it to like my higher mind that was always guiding me because I'm actually at a point right now in my life. I'm so grateful. I went through OnlyFans. I'm so, so grateful that I was able to put myself in that space to actually turn like my karma into my Dharma. Cause that's what happened. I out of OnlyFans, out of over-sexualizing myself for like, you know, seven years, um, I further grasped, wow, that that was definitely a part of who I am now. However, that is not that was not me in truth. That was just a, a prerequisite to get me to the woman I am today and the purpose I have. And that was first and foremost by tasting that, that men struggle with, um, you know, me being a part of making men weak, me being a part of not showing up in, in truth. So by that, I actually got to, I got like brought to my knees. I was like, I am so done. I actually, like, I went through a huge, just, I like to call it, I went to war with the part of myself that was keeping me in, in that constant rat race of just validation and running and doing whatever doing this like circus show for people just to fuel something and spirit really actually sat me down and was like you have to face yourself my dear and by you facing yourself you will actually unlock your very own love your very own validation and it will be an infinite supply you don't have to be running to other people, you have it inside of you. And this is really what happened. Like I got so much guidance um, when I was in the sauna, actually weird enough. And I was like, okay, okay. And then I made a commitment to myself that next day after I got really, I, I cried. I had to like, really like look at myself and be like, wake up girl, you gotta wake up. And sometimes spirit will give you wake up calls in your life and you can either run away from it because you're scared or you'll use all of that energy of that fear into propelling you actually into a version that will assist you. So that's what happened. Um, you know, the, with the whole semen retention thing, I had no idea what semen retention was at all. It, it truly stemmed from actually just me believing in myself, believing in my voice, making a commitment to do a YouTube video every single day using the very instrument, which was my voice to solidify my purpose work. And I haven't missed a, an upload since that day. I made that promise to myself and that's been almost six months. So with that, I just kept on getting guidance of Maya, do a video about this, do a video about this. And one of these videos was semen retention. And from there, it was like a piece of the puzzle got put together into the grand scheme of my life's path. And it fits so perfectly because I, I further learned more about what I had to go through to bring me to a place where I can actually motivate people, inspire people, and uplift people throughout my own inability to do that in the past. And now my ability to grant myself that and hopefully other people. That's, that's beautiful. Yeah. I remember watching some of your videos and I was just really amazed by how much of a stand you are, in, in this case, for men 
to stop spilling their seeds, right? To stop uh, this sort of compulsive masturbation, watching yeah. porn, uh, sexualizing stress and anger, and really, uh, uh, you know, uh, what's the word? I can't think. I'm not as sharp today as I normally am. Uh, there's a word, it's at the tip of my tongue, but basically it's like, uh, uh, you know, creating women as sex objects in our minds, right? And then we walk around the streets and because I've heard this before and it's true, and I've had my own experience with porn where the more I would watch at the time, the more I would be out in the world and I would sort of have this, these lenses, these pornographic lenses on and it dehumanizes, uh, in my case, it dehumanizes women or, or a woman, right? And so... So I'm really amazed how you took that stand. And I just want to uh, talk about a little bit of this sort of like not being able to focus or be in the present moment and be distracted by this, right? Um, we talked about this and how it relates to uh, what we call attention deficit, right? Anything yeah. that distracts us from being in the present moment, especially uh, spilling our semen in this case, I believe is a huge factor. Yeah, it, it totally is. And I just want to first preface that it first stems from, you know, I think we have a responsibility, especially if you're a parent, to further allow your children to know about their sacred sexuality. That's the number one flaw in this in this generation, even like setting our kids up to understanding themselves. No one no one knows themselves. So how can they provide that to a child when a child actually probably knows themselves and their parent more so than the parent. And within that, we come down onto this planet knowing exactly who we are. We know about the connection to spirit. We know about this planetary energies. Although we're disconnected by the illusionary principle of being on a 3D planet, it is also really important. And I have such a passion towards this because I can see how how much profound change it actually can make in the next generation when parents or you know what even when you're in your 20s you don't need to start you know when you're already have children right now as a 24 year old woman i read i, I read parenting books i read books upon like how to emotional emotionally regulate myself to further set me up for success and then so I can provide success for my children to live in a world knowing their innate power, knowing their innate wisdom, knowing that their attention is a beautiful gift that we as human beings have. And it's my responsibility to allow my attention to be put upon my child in a way that will actually serve their future. I don't it's not my responsibility, you know, and it's not my necessarily role to make a beautiful child into a version that I think is appropriate because we're, we can't accept ourselves and that's the number one flaw. And then we look outside of ourselves to further, you know, numb ourselves because then at least we feel good for short amounts of time instead of really sitting back in our own suffering of not knowing our worth or avoiding maybe our pain body that comes online. So yeah, we go on porn sites. We, we, we don't view our sec sacred sexuality as an actual true channel back to thy higher self. And that's what it is. Life force energy is a direct channel to the highest possible energy that you can connect to and that will guide you there. But we misuse that energy because 
corn sites or sorry, porn sites, you know, those are very low calibrational sites that suck a man's soul, that sucks his life force energy. And that's why it's free because there is an exchange uh, and it's not a great exchange because you're getting nothing in return. And these sites are actually getting fueled by the very energy that you give it. And that's why these sites are so huge. That's why these sites are probably billion dollar companies because they're actually making a lot of profit off of making you a disempowered individual, always seeking external pleasures. And pleasure is actually just the shadow of full joy. It's a shadow of what the potential of your joy actually is. Yeah, it's it's amazing how, you know, when we look at, um, uh, I call it spilling the seed, right? When we sort of are, are uh, not careful with who we give our attention to or our energy, right? I kind of, we can, we can use it as the same term. It's like when you give attention, sexual attention or uh, lust or desire to something, I mean, you're giving your attention away. I always say it's your most valuable commodity, right? Attention is what mm -hmm. every advertiser wants your eyeballs on their product. Yeah. So if we give that away, we give away our power. And you often talk about life force energy, right? If we talk about mm. sexual energy, it's really life force. And life force energy is creative and it creates, it allows us to manifest things in life. But if we give that away so carelessly to porn sites, to women or men, right? This is men and yeah. women equally. Then we are essentially uh, sort of, we fall into the symptom of like, oh, can't pay attention, can't sit still, can't be a, a, a functional member of society, right? So it's it's yeah. all it's all connected. But where do we start? Where do you um, start? Uh, what do you tell men as as advice? Why they should do semen retention? What what are the benefits, right? Yeah, like it's it's interesting because you know it's a lot of it's kind of like that kind of shock factor of hearing a woman talking about semen retention and because I don't have I don't have like necessarily the male parts but what I've done within retaining my own sexual energy is tap into the power behind my own sacred sexuality and this energy is the same for men as it is for women it's, it's our life force energy that has brought us here that is the very energy that allows us to further prosper in this life and when our life force energy is continuously depleted we're not going to be running on on a, a full tank of gas we're going to be very drained lacking zero inspiration lacking zero just drive in our lives to push us forward because we're giving the, our abundance of energy into things that make us feel like shit just to solidify the very belief system that we're not worthy, that we're disempowered, that we have, you know, even mental illnesses. And then we settle. We settle for feeling like shit because that's what people have made us feel. And to actually, this is why I preach about semen retention, because what you're doing is doing such a grand act of self-love for you men, because you're actually saying no more. You're cutting ties to a lot of things that are specifically put on men's paths like instagram like sneaky things advertisements music videos all over sexualization of the female body and it's not wrong that men fall into these traps you guys are wired to 
kind of yearn for the for the femininity to yearn for females and we're misusing that very principle in a manipulative way to make actually men and women weak women who participate in the sexual or sex industry they know i promise you every single individual in that in that in that structure knows it's not empowering your soul doesn't get empowered by that it's your egoic needs that need outside stimuli, need outside pleasure, need outside people to feed these voids within. And what semen retention does is it allows you become it allows you to become aware of your void. Because when you retain your sexual energy, you're first and foremost recalibrating your energetic body into a healthier energetic naturally when you when you retain your sexual energy you're allowing that open channel to further instruct you into perhaps higher thoughts that are correlated to perhaps a higher timeline that has nothing to do with you depleting your seed in women in sight for what to make you feel depleted first and foremost do you have a purpose for yourself do you have any discipline how do you view yourself every single day? How do you view women every single day? Who are you as a man? What's your self-concept like? Do you work out? Are you healthy? Do you have any emotional regulation? Or are you continuously playing victim in your life? And what semen retention does for me that I see in men, it creates your victim mentality into the victor mentality because you're overcoming the most deep, deep rooted obstacle and pit that men fall down and you're overcoming that. So that, that's why I do that. Amazing. Yeah. And I like what you said about, uh, you know, with women, it's the same thing, right? It's, it's life force energy. So for women to say, let me just call it a uh, pleasure retention or masturbation retention, right? The opposite of compulsive masturbation that happens both women and men. Um, and usually there's some kind of sexual trauma in in the in the past, right? Of, of or in the child's life that later, as an adult, uh, we use it because we know it feels good, right? Physically, it feels good to to touch ourselves, and so we use it to numb out. We use it to check out or to yeah. avoid, like you said, avoid feeling the feelings, avoid meeting yourself, and mostly it's like to avoid, like being in this moment of like nothing's happening it's quiet yeah. i'm not distracted and it's uncomfortable right because we always feel like well i need to i need something needs to be happening i need i need to get going i need to do the grind i need to succeed yeah. i need to achieve something right and what yeah. i'm hearing is this and i've experienced this uh since i've watched your videos early on it's been like i think i told you 70 plus days of semen retention and uh no porn and masturbation and mm -hmm. i've felt better i've had better energy my my memory worked better i was more present with my children um i was and i'm i'm done with porn so that's not an issue but i yeah. really wanted to feel the 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 semen retention that i told you had a a, a silly wet dream and it's natural yeah. it happens but i felt like i was like oh no because the next few days my energy was different right it's not like yeah. i did it viciously it's not like i did something to seek validation but i did notice the drop in energy um i didn't feel grounded i felt a bit more what we would call adhd ish 
versus really fully focused and present in my life. And that's why I was like, we got to do an episode around this because for me, this sort of untethered flowing in the wind, blowing in the wind person that's not, not focused, uh, I believe needs to be stripped of all distraction in order to meet themselves. Right. Mm, Totally. And you, you just, you, you said so many great points there. And I think that's truly what it is. It's like that stripping of like everything that we've kind of collected here on planet earth since we were children, all the heavy things that you carry every day don't belong to you because you came on a planet earth with zero baggage zero. So anything that you're carrying that makes you feel weighed down, small, even like the parts of yourself that hurt, it's it's not you. That's not you. You didn't you came here pure. You came here in the true image of the creator who created you and you're so worthy. You wouldn't be on planet earth if you weren't worthy of your very own existence. That's your confirmation that you're worthy. And that's why I think it's just so important that we as men and women, we have a higher purpose on planet Earth than than to to not speak about these things. What you and I are speaking about right now is truly impacting, even if we're not consciously aware of it in the outside world, we're we're healing the collective energies by discussing the importance upon them and, you know, bringing to light the dark. And when we bring to light the things that have been kept on in the shadow, first and foremost, yes, it can stimulate some some fear, some some triggers, maybe, maybe some viewers are triggered because maybe, you know, maybe they a lot of people hold so much shame towards their sexuality, too. And that is a problem because sexuality should not be shamed. And it's shamed because first and foremost, well, as children, we're not brought up knowing about our sexual energy. So then that leads our children to find out for themselves through, you know, websites like porn, um, you know, watching porn all day because they're like, oh, wow, this is this is cool. This, this feels good. Women. Wow. And then it also provides our children with a very false sense of what sexual energy is. Sexual energy is seriously and and I can say this because I've harnessed my own. I've been retaining my sexual energy for almost six months, like zero masturbation, no sex. I've been actually allowing this energy to build and build and build. And now when I have turn on, like I, I get turned on every day, not by sexual, sexual things, not by thinking about men, not by thinking about pleasure in my body. I get turned on by today's a new day. I get to create something. I get to create a YouTube video. I get to connect to this, this channel that I've made to spirit. I get to go on my walk and I get to actually see a tree as a tree. I get to hug a tree and feel the tree because that same energy that I've allowed myself to fully grasp is the same that that tree has inside of it. And I can connect to things at a deeper level than just my short term pleasure that a lot of people only view human beings for is what can I gain from this person? What can they feed me instead of not being a fulfilled human being? And that's mm. where we as human beings are lacking in today's society. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, you just touched upon this whole idea of, uh, you know, I think we live in a, in a world where we all have, we're all addicted to something. You know, I don't yeah. think we think of ourselves as as addicts, but really 
uh, we're either addicted to coffee or media yeah. or sex or food or gambling or you name it, right? And it's not like I always say addicts aren't addicts because they're born addicts. It's because there is there are childhood wounds that haven't been healed. And there's a child who is numbing out, right? Who is mm -hmm. avoiding to feel what needs to be felt and dealt with, right? And it's such a huge issue that we're all sort of like, uh, you know, in the world of ADHD, it's like, yeah, there's a lot of squirrels and shiny objects in the world because we're all throwing them out there trying to distract from just being present and quiet and, you know, be grounded. So no wonder our children are born into this clearing and they're like, oh shit, there's, okay, there's all this stuff going, what should I pay attention to? And then there's, you know, childhood trauma and which is unavoidable. I mean, like you said, you, it yeah. took you in, into this OnlyFans world. And I just wanted yeah. to, uh, now, now I remember what I wanted to say earlier, mm -hmm. so I'll yeah. blend it in, which is if we allow our children, if we don't medicate them, right. Cause it's kind of like subduing them and then making them try, try to make them turn out what we think they should be right in life. Yeah. But if we, if we just give them the freedom to be themselves and we support them in, in their way, whatever they, if they need to be outside and run around, they can't sit still. Okay. Let's support them there. Let's not medicate them and sedate them and sit them down. So in that case, they will then go and experience life like you did. It let you to only fans. Right. And then out of that, it was sort of a dark night of the soul, if you will, came yeah. Maya, who we know today, who's a stand for masculinity and femininity being healthy. So, I just wanted to make a plug for allowing our children, you know, to uniquely unfold, not to try to mold them into who we think they should be, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I think we have to be aware that, you know, I'm not a parent, so I can't really like touch upon this, but just from, I think my own experience of, you know, my childhood and just the knowledge that I've been able to further grasp within myself, just by my own experience, I think a lot of parents can't fully accept their children for who they are because they haven't fully accepted who they are in truth. So a child actually coming down, wanting to be themselves is going to be the biggest trigger to a parent. And when a parent can't actually, a lot of people actually aren't even consciously aware of their own triggers. They just are knee jerk reactions. So when a child is acting out of alignment to an idea of ideal version that you're putting upon them that will make you feel safe in your own emotions, your own, you know, because we're all trying to protect ourselves in a way, uh, first and foremost. So when a child comes in and is testing you and is pushing your buttons and which is usually stemmed with ADHD, child can't sit still. They're always hyper. Why do they always want my attention? Why can't they go out and like focus on school, focus on the books? It's a deeper thing. It's because you're not actually giving them the attention they deserve first and foremost because you have probably never sat yourself down and saw yourself in truth and now you're trying to make this individual someone that doesn't trigger those parts that you've never been able to see and that's yeah. really where it stems from i love that and it could also be right if if uh, a child comes into a parent's life and let's say that the, the parent is super busy you know has a both parents have careers and they're just they're just in the hamster wheel they're just busy yeah. and the child comes in and acts out and then uh the principal you know calls once a week and you have to go to this it's annoying right you're like god damn it but i call it the check engine light because what if the parent stopped and said huh my child obviously needs attention because 
it's funny because it's not the attention deficit that they don't have. It's the attention yeah. they're not getting, right? Yeah. It's yeah. the atten attention deficit dilemma, I call it. And so what if the parents slowed down their lives and realized, oh, that job, the, the hamster wheel I'm in is actually something that's not really me. It's who I think I should be. It's because of my parents or because of society. And if we all just took that seriously, that our child needs attention and however you, like if you need to quit your job and take your savings and spend four years and go to a special school and stay home with them and do all that, do it. I can mm. speak to that because we've done that with, with our boys. Like mm. we, we said, change the school, change. We moved to a different town, more nature. We, we really looked at all the areas of our lives and, and said, this needs an overhaul because the child's the, the, our son is the check engine light. We need to slow down and be present. And the more we did, the more he did with no medication. Right. 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 So again, like, like you said, they come into our lives, into a parent's life. And if, if the parent doesn't accept himself, which I'm still working on for who I am, my son can't, my sons can't, mm -hmm. but yeah. I see I, when I do, when I start to transform slowly, they do, which is a miracle. Yeah. It's amazing. It's, it's so powerful. And I, I have such like a, such a huge part of my heart that's like wanting to be dedicated towards our future children in the next generation. And I see just how off balance it is in just our society that's not setting our children up to succeed. And then it allows our children to be indoctrinated within the societal molds of making our children feel less than because maybe they're not fitting this cookie cutter mold or maybe yeah, we label them as, you know, yeah, because you have emotions. Oh, that's a bad thing. We're not comfortable within our own emotional state. And what we've been so disconnected from is emotions are what makes us human beings. And that's the guidance that we have to let us know when we're out of alignment and when we are in alignment. And to further, actually, I think this should just be taught across like since you're a child to teach your children emotional regulation, to teach them about the innate the innate wisdom within to teach them empowerment and to look within instead of without knowing that when you change your internal world and your internal dialogue, then your external world will be a direct reflection of what's truly within. And we're teaching our children more so get out into the external world and avoid your internal state. And it's the complete opposite way of going about it. And that's why I really have this passion to bring back sacredness to what it means to being a human being, because we've been so overly, uh, what's the word? Like we've been so the social media age has, we're truly seeing the implications of what it, what it has done. Um, and it's not healthy. Uh, obviously social media has positives to it. Like us making this video right now, there's so many beautiful parts of it. But there's also a lot of unhealthy things that have been adapted into what it means to be a human being, like, you know, like even masculinity and femininity, you know, women, a lot of the times don't even view being a mother as a sacred thing. They, they view it as, you know, for me, being a mother, that's a responsibility. And when we look back into like the, like kind of like past generations, it was a it was a mother's duty to fully teach her children to to be that kind of nurturing force within the household. And men and women nowadays are competing with one another in so many ways. Women are even competing within 
their own masculinity? How can I outperform men within my masculine driving force? And femininity has been totally just honestly more suppressed than it probably was before because we're suppressing it with our own toxic masculinity that allows us to view men now as toxic because that's the energetic that we're giving our own masculine energy that we use every day. Amazing. Yeah. There's so much more we could talk about masculine, feminine, right? That's a whole nother episode. But, <laughs> yeah, that is. But I do agree that the sort of uh, crossing of the wires of the masculine and feminine, um, let's just call it the, 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 the stereotypes or the images out there in the world, right? Because we both, like you said, we both have masculine and feminine inside of mm -hmm. each, right? As me as a man, yeah. you as a woman. But when I take in, take on, or when I lean more on my feminine energy, or you lean more on your masculine energy, we're what I call crossing wires, and we go out into the world, and I become someone who's not in certainty, and who is not, and again, these are masculine traits that both men and women have. So when I yeah. say I'm in my feminine, that doesn't mean I'm being like a woman, it just means yeah. I'm leaning more on my feminine energy, and, and as a man that is not where my strengths are uh, uh for the for the most you know yes it's part of my strength but where i'm a, a man versus a woman um is when i'm in my masculine state and that no one taught me that i mean my mm -hmm. father wasn't a masculine role model my mother was in her masculine most of the time she had to uh be the the disciplinary because my father was very passive right talking right. about passive fathers if your father leaves you that's the feminine right a man running away right. from responsibility is the feminine doesn't mean women don't run away from responsibility just want to make sure mm -hmm. that's said it just means when a man does that he's a coward he's not responsible mm -hmm. and that's hiding in his feminine energy versus actually stepping up right so and it's that's, that's another episode but it all kind of relates to uh, uh, people not being able to be here now, present, responsible in the moment, but we're numbing out, we're distracting. And it honestly, the masculine and feminine energies, it correlates to almost everything because that's like, that's just the planetary energies. It's it's like the polarities. It's, it's a part of, of this, this planet, the energies. And, you know, I think it's really important you know, in today's society, I think this is why I speak to men so much. Um, and it's not something I necessarily, you know, ever thought I would be doing, but just out of my own self inquiry upon my past experiences with masculinity and my own femininity, you know, for me, like growing up, I also believe this, I believe that my higher purpose, I have, I have said, we all have several purposes. One of my purposes is to be a great mother. I want to be a homemaker. I want to stay at home with my children. I want to cater to a man. I want to nurture my man. Those are things that are just so within my feminine heart. That's that's what I want in my future. And, you know, to disconnect women from that and actually support them doing OnlyFans over staying at home with their children, which is actually happening in today's society, we'd rather see women be that boss babe, that independent babe, beating men out the game, you know, and making so much money. And so then we can just beat men in, in, in this, in this game. And it's not setting men up as well to be masculine. You making men weak 
throughout your own manipulation of your feminine energy and using it to the detriment of yourself and society and the men that you you want in your life, um, you know, and then getting mad at men for over-sexualizing women in today's society, you have no right to be upset about that if you're participating in it. This time last year when I was doing OnlyFans, you know, I would be doing OnlyFans, but then I would be posting or I'd be go at the gym and I would be so annoyed if guys looked at me. Um, I would be so annoyed if like, you know, I was, I felt like I was being overly sexualized. And with that is like the biggest hypocrisy of all, because why is it that I feel offended out in, out in public, but I'm over-sexualizing myself every single day and I actually need a man's attention. So it was kind of like this, this thing I was, I was aware of, of where it's like, why am I so triggered when men like are over-sexualizing me in public, but I actually want it when I'm, when I'm the one who's doing it um, intentionally to gain something. And I just find it really fascinating within honestly how we've actually suppressed femininity more so than ever actually because I realized that a lot of people don't know what it means to be feminine in a world that wants men to be masculine in a way that labeled toxic when there's no such thing the thing toxic masculinity is the biggest lie ever it's only toxic mentality yeah. It's it's the energy that that's masculine and the energy that's feminine. Nothing's toxic about these things. It's your toxic mindset. It's the toxins within you that you're actually addicted to. Yeah, I always say that about toxic masculinity. That's actually that's the wrong term. It really is a a wounded child that hasn't healed, whether it's masculine or feminine, right? And then we sort of lay that over onto the term masculinity or femininity. And now we use it just like people throw around narcissist all the time nowadays or oh, yeah. trigger yeah. or gaslighting. You know, <clears throat> I hear these terms and I'm like, I know what you're saying, but there's so much more, there's so much more texture underneath so many more details to it. You can't just throw that out there because even a narcissist is a person who's deeply wounded, who was afraid that they wouldn't get their way when they were a kid. And now they're still hoarding attention validation that, you know, but it's not, yeah. they're not born bad apples. You know, I always say God doesn't make mistakes as in like, he doesn't create bad apples per se from the get go. Right. Like you said, we're born into this world without baggage. We're born as pure love. And the goal is to return there. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's life. And that's what we signed up for. You know, I think a lot of the times in a world that is very um, external driven, it, it disconnects us naturally from like the true innate within the true innate that knows the higher purpose, why we're here. Um, you know, we, we chose to be on this planet. And that's something I've been aware of. And when you can actually hone your energy into empowering thoughts, thoughts that will actually serve you instead of picking up the other end of the stick that makes you feel disempowered by the very own thoughts that you're just continuously programming yourself with every day. And this is how you break it. And this is how I broke my patterning. And it's one of the hardest things that we, we as human beings can do, but it's taking accountability for every single thing in your life. Everything. I had to take accountability for um, everything. 
and that truly broke. I, I, I found the most profound freedom by that, by my, by my say, by me saying, yes, I chose this. Yes, I chose this. And now I can actually know who I am in greater truth by the very contrasting elements of what made me feel like who I was not. And that even goes from my childhood. I'm like, I signed up for this childhood. If I didn't have this childhood, I would not be the woman I am today. I wouldn't have this character. I wouldn't have learned resilience. I wouldn't have learned actually probably the greater connection that I was always connected to by me feeling that disempowerment because you can actually only feel disempowerment through a state of power. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's beautiful. This might be a good place to pause. I know we have, uh, I think we have a, a future episode in the works around masculine and feminine <laughs> yeah. energy. Uh, I think we could really dive, dive deep, but I just want to um, acknowledge you for your vulnerability and sharing your story with us. And, um, you know, thank you for, for coming on and, and uh, having this conversation with me. Mm, of course. Like I honestly, I appreciate you so much and I appreciate for everything that you do as well. I really do see you in your true authentic self and your, your purpose work and how you're really, you're, you're, you're in your, your, your purpose work. And I can see that and you're, you're making a huge impact. Um, and I appreciate you for your time and allowing me the opportunity to speak upon my own passions and purpose and just connecting, you know, human to human. And yeah, I, it's, it's a huge, it, it makes me very happy. So thank you. Oh, yeah, my pleasure. And uh, for our listeners, I'm going to put in the show notes, uh, Maya's YouTube channel, so you can follow her there and listen mm -hmm. to some of the awesome videos. Uh, uh, I definitely recommend you you give it a listen and you you don't just listen to one, you listen to a few. And again, I think Maya, you're such a great example of our new generation of young people who are arriving on this planet already with a wisdom that supersedes wisdom I've I've experienced myself, right? You always mm -hmm. say you're standing on giant's shoulders, but still I think there's a new generation of, of people in, on this planet who are awake and who are uh, truly interested in living their purpose, not just to survive and make it through this thing called life, right? And I think you're a shining example of that. So thank you for mm -hmm. that. Thank you so much for your words and your kindness. Yeah, I think I think this is just it's it's a direct evidence of the future and especially the responsibility we all have to remember who we are in truth and to not allow a thought to dictate the course of our life, um, to redefine your definitions, to look into your belief systems and rewrite a narrative that will actually serve you and to play into a character that's actually empowering. And that is found empowerment and to work on your self-concept. And when you can do that and you can unlock the internal world within that maybe you haven't been connected to, your external world must shift by the mere reflection of what's within. Beautiful. That is magic, Maya, not just. <laughs> so thank you so much.